Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Today on V8 Insiders Extra, we catch up with Russell Ingle, Todd Kelly and Will Davison. You know, I think there's really no other way you could handle it and you know we're all uh, as good of friends as today as we were at the start of the year. Paul has enjoyed his motor racing and has a good time with it as well but knows when to get serious. Anytime you've got a two or three week break you really try and punch it out. All that and more as the lights go out on another edition of V8 Insiders. Take in the V8s of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Russell Engel made the announcement that he's staying with Holden. We didn't get a chance to hear his full views on Paul Morris Motorsports, Technical Alliance with Triple Eight, and his continuing on in the V8 Supercar Series in the regular show, so we thought we'd take this opportunity to let you hear the whole interview. We started by congratulating Russell on the announcement that he will be in the series for two more years. I mean, I suppose the first thing out of the whole lot is that I'm employed for another two more years in the game of V8 Supercars, and... Uh, which I'm very happy about. I don't have to go out and find a real job just yet. So uh, I'm very happy about that. Um, but more so everything around it. I mean, this has been a, a long while in the planning. Um, it's uh, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of negotiation between a lot of parties, between obviously Paul Morris Motorsport and Triple Eight, Holden, of course, which was a, um, a massive part in putting this whole deal together. Um, but it was there was a, a lot of pieces to the jigsaw, so we just had to wait for one to fall into line, which was obviously the Triple Eight deal um, going to Holden, and then then all the rest came together. So uh, uh, really, really excited about it. It's it's I didn't want to stay in this game if I wasn't going to be competitive, and it's just not only as a driver nowadays it's so competitive that you have to have good equipment as well. So. Um, we, we, we're extremely pleased to have that alliance that Triple Eight have been renowned for having some of the best chassis or cars in the business. Um, we've got very good engines. Um, we've probably got one of the strongest holding engines in the in the field. So uh, with a combination of the two, I reckon we're going to have a bit of a rocket ship next year. How close were you coming to say, nah, bugger it, I'll uh, go and get a real job? Well, it was it was coming if if I couldn't be competitive. You know, there's no way I'm going to stay in this category if I'm going to be running around the back of the field. You know, I've never done that. I've always aligned myself with I like to think smart people and good teams. Um, and I didn't want to I, I didn't want to do it unless we could really take it to the next level. Like, uh, you know, I've always I don't think I've finished outside the top ten in the championship since I've been in this category. And we're running eighth at the moment. So, I mean, we're up the pointy end. There's a there's a lot of drivers behind me and only seven in front. So I think competitiveness-wise, as a driver, I feel pretty good about it. Um, but like I said, you need the equipment as well. So um, as soon as I started putting these deals together, and, and obviously, look, you need sponsors, you know, and, and the likes of Super Cheap and Castrol, that keeps us in the in the sponsor race. 
but you also need a technical alliance. You know, the, the tide's changing in V8 supercars. These alliances, I think, are going to be more common um, in, in, in the workplace, uh, and, and it makes financial sense as, as well as uh, to be competitive with the team as well, you know. But uh, but make no mistake, you know, we, we're going to be racing triple up as well, you know. Um, Lounsey and, uh, and Wing Cup are going to be um, uh, trying pretty hard to win races, but so are we. So, you know, there's definitely understanding there that, you know, when we get to the racetrack, we'll definitely race as hard as hard as each other against anyone else, against the winner bottom or whoever it may be. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll still be there trying to trying to win races because I think realistically it would be nice to uh, to win a championship. It would be no, even nicer to win another Bathurst uh, before my career comes to an end. You're a brand and lining yourself with Super Cheap Auto the way you have and, and the work you're going to be doing with Super Cheap Auto, how... How do you look at the brand of Russell Ingle and what Russell Ingle's going to offer Super Cheap Auto? Well, that's that's one of been one of the good things about working with Super Cheap is that they've really embraced the enforcer tag, structured a lot of their advertising. I mean, they probably do more advertising, utilising V8 supercars and motorsport than any other commercial sponsor in the championship, and uh, um, they've really embraced that side of it. And and it's been enjoyable on my part of it as well because. You know, you got to enjoy what you do as well. It's very competitive in our industry. It's very cutthroat. But if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you might as well not do it. And and, and that's why my decision also was to stay with you know Paul Morris Motorsport as well. That you know um, Paul Paul has enjoyed his motor racing and has a good time with it as well. But knows when to get serious. And uh, and you got to have that. It's all it's all good to be you know straight down the line and very corporately correct and all the rest of it but I, I tell you some people and some sponsors have been down that road and gone well it seems nice and fluffy from the outside but just don't don't get the results or, or the or, or the feeling that they want so um, super cheap have found that out they, they could have gone to any team of our supercars you know but they went left field and, and went with myself and, and Paul Morris Motorsport and to be quite honest they probably get the most exposure out of any team in the category so um, they've, uh, they're very happy with the association hence why they've re-signed for another two years. Mm. Now it gets serious in a week's time down there at Phillip Island the first the Enduros is, is your expectation following Queensland even higher than what it would have normally been? Um, yeah look there's no doubt our Exactly the same thing happened last year. Our strong circuits are from mid-year onwards, um, or from Willowbank onwards. Same thing happened last year. Uh, we, we've struggled a lot on, on street circuits, and, that, and that's been been the downside to our, um, you know, our racing. Is is that the first half of the year we've we've struggled? We haven't really cured that this year. Uh, that's why I'd be very interested to see what Triple Eight do because they're very good on street circuits. So. We've got a we've got a bit of an issue there, but last half of the year we came on real strong last year, and it looks like the same thing's happening. I mean, we're we're on for a for a podium last year uh, when I co-drove with Paul at Phillip Island, but you know I made a mistake and stuck it off in the wet, and that cost us a podium position. So, and I think this year's car that we have is definitely stronger. You know, we've got a new spec engine in the car that's very very strong that we used at Willowbank. Um, and that should be very good at Phillip Island. Um, we've got the car better sorted, so uh, our car loves 
fast-flowing, smooth circuit. So um, I'm very keen to go there. And uh, look, I, I think we're in with a real good chance, not just a podium, but you know, possibly a win. Well, we wish you all the very best for, uh, of course, Phillip Island and the 500. And then two more years, it's good but there'll still be some colourful characters around and not the, not the automatons that you've been fighting against. Well, there might be a few competitors that might not agree with you, I think, but like I said, I'm not in it to make them happy. I'm, uh, I'm in it to make the, uh, the sponsors and more so the fans happy, so uh, I certainly hope they'll enjoy the next two years. All the best. Cheers, thank you. My thanks to Russell Engel. After the break, the toddler will be along to talk about Kelly Racing's first six months of existence. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders Extra. Todd Kelly has been with his own team now for just on six months. We thought we'd start asking him some of the questions about running the team and how much more work that involves and if he learned anything from the whole Scafe Sport HRT situation that he lived through in his final years before moving to Perkins Motorsport and then starting up his own team. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know... 10 years of, of being in the sport and seeing, you know, you pick up little bits and pieces from everywhere, you know, how, how uh, teams treat their staff and how they run their workshop and, you know, there's just so many things you learn over the years, you know, good things and bad things, so, you know, it's good to finally be able to put as much of that into practice as possible, all the things that you think could be done a little bit better or a little bit different, but, um, yeah, that, you know, that was obviously a good experience to see, um, you know, when Mark took it over as well, um, you know, but he he did a, he did a good job for what he was faced with through that period. So, um, and and the thing with us, we've got a lot more people around us to take the load off, especially at the track. You know, we've got two, three people um, that oversee the whole operation. So, if there's any real massive drama at the track, um, you know, we don't really get involved in it, which is good. Is that one of the reasons why you've gone to do everything yourself rather than outsourcing parts of the organisation? Yeah, well, the good thing is with, you know, merging with um, Larry Perkins, he'd set up all of that stuff uh, over the years because he, he's ran two cars and three cars and four cars or whatever through the years and he'd geared up for that. So we all, all we really did was take the same model and, and make it a little bit bigger. So uh, it wasn't all that hard to do. You've had to make some pretty hard decisions throughout this year already, financially, and then making a change of a driver is probably one of the toughest decisions any team takes. How do you look at how you handle that situation? How do you look at how the whole process went in to make the decision to go to Mark? Well, it was obviously 
pretty tough. You know, we uh, we get along really well with Dale, Rick and I, and, and Dale has done an amazing job as far as where he's come from and, and all of the funding uh, for his car he'd been able to round up himself, which is... Now we struggle to do that as as Kelly Racing, and he he'd uh, he'd been able to pull it off for his car. So we're we're wrapped to to give him a, an opportunity. But out of his hands, a lot of that stuff, you know, with the financial situation, um, a little bit of it sort of fell through, which was completely out of Dale's hands. And and um, you know, we, we both Dale and us were both in a situation where we had to do something because uh, you know. That you can either be really nice and go broke or or be realistic and and try and survive and that's just what we had to do and Dale understands that and you know we're doing everything we possibly can for Dale he still works for us full-time at work and uh, and you know he comes to all the test days and stuff so you know that's just how it is so you know I think there's really no other way you could handle it and you know we're all uh, as good of friends as today as we were at the start of the year looking at what we have now for the the second half of the year obviously you have two jewels in the crown with the Phillip Island 500 and Bathurst 1000 and uh, my show upset your good mate here when uh, one of our colleagues said that it's all bullshit everyone's testing for Bathurst every time every time they go out there and they're always trying new things but uh, it was uh, probably a, a bit of a comment that you have been trying to try new things how radical are you going though well fairly you know we've got a new front end in my car this weekend and a new rear end completely new never been onto a test track it's come straight out of the machine shop into sub-assembly and been assembled and it's gone onto my car for this weekend so we wanted to get all of that stuff done and tested uh before Phillip Island so we can go with with newer components so even this weekend there's stuff that we're trying on you know, especially my car that you'd never normally contemplate at a, at a race event. Um, but you need to sacrifice little bits and pieces like that in order to try and get a result at, at the two Enduros, and that's really uh, our big focus now. You know, we're, Rick and I aren't in a position where we're, we're going to win the championship this year, which is, um, you know, unfortunate, but that's how it is. And the only thing that we have got half a chance at is getting a good re- result at those two events. So, you know, we're certainly focusing on that. With all the changes in the race formats, with all the new races coming on board, has that made it easier or harder to be able to achieve these goals you're trying to achieve? Um, probably the format's a little bit harder. For us to get what we need to get done, you know, three 100k sprint rounds every week, and we, we'd learn a hell of a lot more. Um, the long races on Sunday, you, you, that, by the time we get to the long race on Sunday, you really don't want to go messing with your car too much because you've got to live with it for a you know, an hour and a bit or an hour and a half or whatever it is out there. And if the car's ugly, Rick and I tend to get a bit grumpy. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it has made it a little bit harder. You know, the it's sort of half an endurance event every time we go racing now. So it, it has taken away our ability to test things that we normally would. You talk about you doing all the testing. There's four cars in the team. Does because of the structure of the uh, 11 and 7... Does that mean you can't get them to do the development you need or is it a case you need your experience to do the development properly? Well, no, all, all the cars do the development but it's sort of structured in an order. Um, 
the car that's first in the championship out of the four, which is, you know, Rick at the moment, does the least amount, and he, he takes a conservative approach. But between myself and Jack and Mark, we've always got something in our cars that we test. So, you know, those two guys are, are doing a heap of stuff as well as myself. Motor racing is more than just what we're doing here standing at a racetrack. One of the things you've done is uh, you've really developed your experience or your workshop you've developed uh, a whole bunch with the website and of course the kelly gang and before we get to the kelly gang the workshop you talked a lot about that trying to model it off what you saw in america do you think that path is going to be able to uh, bring in some more revenue and bring in some opportunities there yeah it, it, it does make a big difference you know we've had holden and and jack daniels walk into the place and uh and be gobsmacked. It's better than, you know, taking them into an old shed with junk everywhere, and and uh, you know it's a little bit harder to try and get things over the line. We've got a beautiful big boardroom where we can have the meetings with different people and and whatnot, which does make a difference. But uh, as well as that, it's just it's a great thing for staff and morale. You know, personally, I love going into work and 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 being at the workshop because it's a it's a really nice place. It's a good place to be, and that makes a huge difference for. For the mechanics, you know, the guys that are there at seven in the morning, and a lot of the time they're still there at ten at night. You know, you know, try and give them as much comfort and in, in their surroundings as possible. And uh, I don't think it could get much better than the environment that we've got at uh, at Kelly Racing. The Kelly Gang, of course, which is one of the initiatives, and more and more have we seen with the drop-off apparel sales, memberships, and, and getting the team club environment is a revenue stream that has to be um, has to be exercised these days. Yeah, that's something that uh, Rick and Alicia have both really pushed. They've done a lot of work in that. Rick uh, gets behind that kind of stuff quite a bit where I'm down in the workshop with grease on me looking at suspension parts. So uh, I haven't been over that as much as, uh, as those two, but that's been fantastic. And right from the start, our... You know, one of our, our aims was to, to try and be one of the more open and, and friendly teams. You know, we are strict about setting aside times every single day where we can get everyone's merchandise and stuff signed at the transporter, the merchandise transporter. Plus, at the end of every day, we uh, make sure we sign everyone's autograph at the track that we didn't have time to do during the day. And, uh, you know, the membership thing just extends that. It, it, uh, it lets people you know, further into what we do, into into pit tools and the race team in Melbourne and, and you know, we just want to be open and show show people what we do every day and, and have them have a little bit of the enjoyment and see what we uh, we get up to, which is fantastic. When you're a driver driving for a team, all you want is to go as quickly as possible. When you look at now being an owner and having to worry about budgets and budgeting, has it given you a different appreciation of cost-cutting and where the sport is moving? Yeah, it's always hard. Like as a driver, you want, you know, and, and drivers with engineering minds, there's a, li- a massive list of things we want to do to our cars and make and design. But uh, we'd spend our budget, I reckon, in about two weeks if we were completely let loose. So you've got to be pretty responsible there. And, um, you know, between our engineering team and ourselves, we've got a, you know, a pretty strict regime of a constant list of things we want to do to the car and what what will make the biggest difference for the least amount of money so we obviously got our own internal cost cutting procedures so that uh, you know we don't go broke in the first year but anything that they can do to capture that as a as a sport for the whole category is is a good thing with you know i don't think you get any drivers complaining about that at all do you feel that now you're in that business side of it when you're looking sitting down and looking at it that they are going the right way has Scafie spoke to you yet um 
it's uh, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, if if there's one bloke in charge, he's going to make a decision that 50% of team owners will be happy with and the other won't. And, you know, how they go about it is quite important too. Um, you know, the biggest thing is probably change all the rules and, and, uh, and you know, not let too many things leak out because people always rush off and spend a heap of money to do things, you know, be, to take advantage before a rule change. And that, that certainly doesn't save any money. So, uh, you know, it's got to be done and it's probably the hardest thing that this sport will ever face is, uh, is getting the right recipe for that cost containment thing and, and keeping everyone happy and actually being effective. So... Uh, you know, I, I don't say for one minute that I know the answer. <laughs> it's not an easy one, but hopefully they'll all work through it and uh, get the best result. How much cheaper do you think you could engineer the cars for if it was done properly? Oh, it depends. It depends how much you want to change the cars. You know, that a lot of it, our expense is staff. Um, at the race meetings, you know, you, you can go and run a development car or one of these cars if you're having a play with two blokes, <laughs> you know, but with pit stops and fuel stops and all the telemetry and the data, uh, we've, we've knocked it back, you know, as, as the first stage of the cost-cutting thing, I think it's 14 people per team, and that's an absolute minimum at the moment, and uh, the only way to get it any less is is take a lot of those things away, you know, the pit stops, and uh, but then you affect, affect the racing, so... Um, you know, it's, like I said before, it's not an easy thing to do without uh, changing a lot of stuff. You could certainly make the cars cheaper to build, but again, it, it's gonna—it's not going to be the only thing that changes. Are you happier now that you're in your own team, racing your own car, that you're doing a lot of the engineering on, or is it happier for you just to jump in the car and race? No, I, I like the situation that we're in now to be involved in the decision-making process of what we do to the cars and then be the same guy that actually jumps in and, and feels the benefits or losses from, from the changes we make is fantastic. You know, every engineer that sits behind a computer all day and designs parts that, that are passionate about what they do, I'm sure they'd love to jump in the car and feel what they're doing. And um, you know, we're, Rick and I are lucky enough to be involved in that and oversee all that process and, and get the, you know, the buzz of seeing what it does to the car. So uh, you know, it's a fantastic position to be in. Well, we wish all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. My thanks to Todd Kelly. After the break, Will Davison will be along. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Will Davison, with two race wins, goes into the Enduros ahead of his teammate and in the championship hunt. We caught up with Will to find out how he's planning to team up with Garth for the LNH 500 and then, of course, on to Bathurst. I've certainly, you know, uh, it, it feels nice because I had lots of podiums before my first win and I did say um, 
then I've got to start winning some races. And uh, now I've got two on the board in two race weekends. Um, so obviously it uh, shows that I'm, I'm pushing hard. And uh, to, to match Jamie, that's what we're going to have to do. So um, he's clearly the, the class act at the moment. Um, on top of his games, any day you, you beat him, you know you, you're doing well. Uh, but, you know, we feel with momentum we're gaining that, uh, you know, we can hopefully, you know, really give this thing a crack and challenge him all the way down to Homebush and uh, a lot of racing to go. But um, this was, you know, certainly one of the tougher weekends. Sandown, we were dominant um, here. We haven't haven't had the car right all weekend. It, it's certainly been tough and we had a mechanical failure. But uh, obviously bounced back in style today, not only... Uh, uh, win but win convincingly although we had the soft tyre but um, the pace on the, the soft and hard tyre in that race we were you know we were, we were very quick and I was doing it really easy so um, yeah it's fantastic to be able to carry that into the Enduros obviously and um, yeah as I said really uh, he's, the, he's the benchmark so uh, if in my first year at HRT we can really challenge his title I think uh, it's 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 a uh, top job by everyone. You go to Phillip Island and it is a, a very different format even though it's an enduro you do have those driver and co-driver races mm. how do you get your mindset around what you and Garth have to do with those races? Um, yeah well, we're new teammates this year but um, I think we're working fantastically well together and um, you know obviously coming into a team like this with two people like Garth and I um, you've got to massage that but the relationship's been faultless you know we're both very competitive guys uh, I've got massive respect for Garth as a driver and, and we've worked really well together this year we haven't been trying to screw each other over we've been working as one to try and bring the team forward and um, it's pretty natural for us to drive together and, and uh, he's already been very open about you know seat positions car setups you know I think there's not going to be any stress there we're going um, you know, try and just work well together, and and uh, I think um, I think yeah, I think we'll be a fantastic combination. So they're two very critical races for the championship hunt, um, and we're not going to try and race each other in the one car. Completely work together. Um, yeah, none of that going on. You know, we're, we're, we're uh, neck to neck in in our own cars during the year. So once we come to relationships, I don't need to uh, prove anything and he doesn't and uh, you know if, whether it comes down to qualifying or who starts or whatever it's completely open for me I'm not fussed at all as long as we get the ultimate result at the end of the day. Do you have to do a lot of fitness work and do you have to change your regime at all to be able to get you ready for these two races? Not really I mean I, um, I try and work hard all season I like to not do anything different um, I run a pretty structured program um, fitness program the team's got us on and uh, train extremely hard in the pre-season and, and in during the season whenever we've got um, breaks you know where we're making sure we do our recovery really well we make sure we punch out some big sessions and then we make sure we rest going into big events so fortunately um, yeah I feel like I'm in pretty good shape anyway um, naturally yeah you, I mean you, you will train hard anytime you've got a two or three week break you really try and punch it out particularly Bathurst I suppose um, you might add on a few uh, extra Ks under your bike ride or your swim um, just as you know what's coming up such a big event but um, you know I, I feel what we've got in place with our fitness and everything um, you know I pretty much keep doing what I do all year and treat it like any other race um, but it's yeah it's it's exciting and um, yeah everyone lifts at this time of the year so well all the best for the build up to Phillip Island thanks thanks Craig my thanks to Russell Engel, Todd Kelly and Will Davison as we get set for the night before the 500 tomorrow night on 
V8 Insiders. We hope you enjoyed this V8 Insiders Extra. Until next time round, as the checkered flag waves over this special edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.